Rachel Lucille Sierks was a 30-year-old from Woonsocket, South Dakota. She was the mother of three and had gotten her GED. On November 13, 2013, Rachel went to pick up her husband, who had been in jail since Halloween due to him assaulting Rachel. He got out of jail. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. children in one way or another. Some adults still act like children. Other adults have children and they get to experience their own youth all over again. And all of us, no matter our age, to our parents, we will always be children. And too many times they treat us as such. And unless you've been living under a rock for the last 20 years, there is a cultural concern here in the United States that too many of adult age are still children in the most literal of ways, like continuing to live in their parents' basements. This in turn, many believe, has led to the societal ills we have today, a huge increase in addiction, suicide, and mental illness, dwarfing the numbers that existed just 50 years ago. There is no sign of these trends changing, and it will be up to adults to fix it. Well, in the disappearance of Rachel Sierks, she was an adult and parent, but also the youngest child in a family who cared for her very much. Yet Rachel's own offspring were taken from her. Then Rachel was gone, and we're left to wonder if she disappeared because the kids aren't all right. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lyonez's website, charlieproject.org. Rachel Sierks was the youngest of three. She was a tomboy unlike her older sister. And although Rachel did not graduate from high school, she eventually got her GED. Rachel got married at 18 to her husband, Brad, although no one to this day is quite sure how they met. And just like Rachel being one of three children, she also had three children. But there were problems. Brad, although he worked construction for his family, could not stay out of jail. And Rachel developed a meth habit that caused stays in prison as well. This culminated in Brad's father taking the children away without Rachel's permission. However, at the time of Rachel's disappearance, she was trying to get all of her kids back. So, on November 13th, 2013, Rachel's plan was to pick Brad up from jail. This was common, and she had been doing this since their marriage started. However, this time Brad was in jail for beating Rachel up 
two weeks before on Halloween. Still, Rachel seemingly forgave him. Rachel left for the jail in the gray pickup she and Brad owned. She was never seen again. Weeks later, after people finally noticed they hadn't heard from Rachel, Brad was tracked down and he was driving the same truck. He had no explanation as to where Rachel might be, saying she left him and was probably in Minnesota. Searches conducted since 2013 have yielded no clues concerning Rachel's case. Within the last week, I counted how many disappearances Unfound has covered in which a husband-slash-boyfriend says a wife-slash-girlfriend has taken off and the guy just has no idea where she went. How many have we covered? Almost 40. Like I keep saying, relationships are the number one cause of disappearances. But like all the others, I ask you, the audience, to always listen with open minds while trying to answer these three questions. Number one, why was it that people took so long to figure out that Rachel was missing? Number two, was Rachel trying to get her kids back at the time of her disappearance a coincidence or a reason for her disappearance? And number three, why didn't searchers dig up a culvert when a tip led them to it? Rachel's family absolutely believes Brad is responsible for her disappearance. The guest for this episode is Rachel's mother, Mary Shabbat. Unfound News. Season 2, Volume 2 is now out in both ebook and print form. It's been a while, a couple of years since the last book, but I guarantee that they will be coming at a faster pace now. In fact, I hope to be caught up to the present by the end of 2021. Please go to Amazon.com, do a search for the Unfound Books, and buy the new one. Or maybe even all of them. Next, it's the last Friday of June, so you know what that means. Newsletter. A new feature for this one will be an audio version for those of you who don't like to read. That's a joke that will get posted to Unfound's website, theunfoundpodcast.com, a week after the email version is sent out. If you'd like to get on the newsletter list, please contact me at unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, please look for a new Unfound Now on the Unfound YouTube channel this weekend, where you can find... Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Deezer, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me, and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. You can also contribute at PayPal paypal.me forward slash unfound podcast. I also need to give a huge shout out to all the people who have monetarily contributed 
using Super Chat during the live show on Wednesday nights. Thank you for watching, and thank you for donating. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Merchandise, the books at Amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Do not forget Season 2, Volume 2. It is out now. And do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com or you can track down my assistant, Heather, in the Facebook group. Playing cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfoundpodcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. And please mention Unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Rachel Sirks, Mary Shabbat. Mary, welcome to Unfound. Well, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, the listeners should know, as is usually the case, I've spoken to Mary uh, many times uh, before she, uh, we were doing this interview, and I've gotten to know her very, very well, and so I'm really excited about uh, interviewing her, and I hope we can certainly help uh, move Rachel's disappearance, the investigation into her disappearance forward, hoping for that for sure, being that we will be coming up on the, unfortunately, the eight-year anniversary in November. So let's start here as we usually do, Mary. Let's talk about your family. Uh, of course, you have Rachel as a daughter. Do you have any other children? Uh, what are their ages? And how did Rachel get along with them, etc.? Okay, I have a daughter. Well, I have two daughters and a son. The oldest daughter is Rhonda, and she is 46. Okay. And then I have a son, Adam, and he is... 45, mm -hmm. and then Rachel would have been 37. Wow, so she uh, was the youngest, she was the baby, and yes. and it sounds to me like she came along a little after the other two. Yep. Okay. Like a few years later, yes. Okay, and how how was that? So uh, I guess your, your other son and daughter would have been like eight and nine when she was born, uh, how did yeah. they all get along? Did they? Uh, how did they feel about uh, getting a, a little sister, etc.? Well, they thought it was pretty cool. All stuff that it was on Halloween, and they didn't think they should not go trick or treating. <laughs> <laughs> so they got to go trick or treating, and uh, I had Rachel. No, wow. So, wow. So she's born on Halloween. Yes. I didn't know that. Well, that, that, of course, Halloween is going to come up later in our conversation, but uh, I did not know that she was born on Halloween, October 31st. That's interesting. Okay. Of 83, yeah. Okay, I did not know that. The listeners should know I'm finding out about that for the first time. Okay. And so they had this little sister, and uh, maybe when everybody got older, let's say when she got to be eight or nine, they would have been in their mid-teens. How did they all... Uh, get along? Did they look out for her? What was what was it like having those three under the same roof? Oh, it was fun. <laughs> I think like always. She got along with her brother. Her brother really, Adam, took, took her under the wing and kind of, they both looked after her. They got along just like kids. They had the problems at times and mm -hmm. at times they didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Would you say that uh, they had a lot of the same personalities, or would you say Rachel was different from your other two, or how would you explain it? Rachel was uh, like a tomboy, I would say. Uh-huh. 
she was more independent and what she wanted to do she wanted to do it she was going to do it <laughs> okay so uh, she was very independent Okay. All right. And uh, once again, we have to remember she was a little bit uh, age, uh, a, a lot younger. I would say a lot younger. Eight years uh, sounds like a, a many years to me as far as difference between ages. So, uh, yeah. you know, she, you know, she was all, I'm not saying necessarily like an only child, but, you know, maybe a, a little close, maybe. Well, let's just talk about her. You said that, um, you know, she was a tomboy. What does that mean? Does that mean that she uh, was into, uh, you know, of course, women do sports too, but was she more into stuff that boys liked, or what do you mean by that? Oh, she, I don't know. She just kind of acted more tomboyish. She, mm. one time, she cut her hair different than any of the other kids, like a mohawk. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But the, she could take the mohawk down somehow. Oh. And then it, it didn't look normal. Oh, I see. So it wasn't so bad. She didn't wear it normal. Uh -huh. me. Did she like do, that. so she did that all on her own? I, I mean, when did, when did she yeah. do that? How old was she when she um, <clears throat> decided to get a little adventurous with her hair? Oh, probably 13. Oh, all right. Okay, so she, she did that. Uh, I, I'm guessing, how did you feel about that? I mean, I was okay with it as long as it was, you, you could, she could wear it still decent. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. And, and then her dad and I got a divorce, and she went to Alaska for a while to live with him. And oh. then she came back and lived with me again, so she... Mm -hmm. So how long was she gone, do you remember? Oh, probably about a year. Okay. Did she come back because uh, she and her father didn't get along, or she just didn't like living in Alaska? What was the reason? I think she got wanted to come home homesick. Okay, she wanted to live with her mother. Okay. Yeah, she went out there and, and got to know his side of the family up there in Alaska. So. Mm -hmm. And I bet you were happy to have her back. And then he came back too. Oh, oh, her father moved back to the to the the, the lower forty eight then as well. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we're not going to reveal necessarily where you live or anything, but did he move like back to the same state that you live in or, or, or where? Just a town over. Just a town over. Okay. All right, let's move on to this. Uh, Rachel, um, you know, you've called her a tomboy, but, uh, you know, did she get into sports or was she, what kind of hobbies and interests and, and things did she, she have, schooling? She liked to go to um, write poems. She liked to write poems and she'd draw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, any, any any school activities? Anything like that? No, because she dropped out of school and mm. then getting a GED. Oh, okay. What do you think? Mo got, yeah. What do you think uh, motivated her to drop out? Well, she went to Alaska and she never went uh, to school. She, oh, she so she when she went to Alaska, she never enrolled in school up there, or homeschool or something. I don't know. Okay, I got you. Okay, well, you say that she eventually got her GED. How old was she when she did that? Well, she had had kids. Oh. So you know. Okay, so would you say she was in her twenties when that happened, or? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good that she got that. 
Yep, she oh. went back and got it. Okay. What are, well, we'll talk about uh, her children here in a moment, but what about work? If she dropped out of school, did she get a job? Did she have different jobs? What did she do then uh, in her late teens and her 20s? Well, she hung with her dad sometimes, and he'd give her money. And she worked at different jobs. She had different jobs, odds and ends, waitressing and different things, mm-hmm. babysitting, stuff like that. Okay. All right, well, uh, let's move on to this then. So, you know, she, uh, when how old was she when she had, uh, I know she has multiple children, but how old was she when she had her first one? She had him in 01. Okay. So, about 18. <laughs> about 18 years old. Yep. Okay. So then she was with Brad. Right. And, and, and so, all right. So he was the father of uh, her first child and her other children that she has. Yes. Okay. We'll talk, and we'll talk about him uh, here in a moment. Um, was she still living with you or were, were they together at that time? Or what was the situation when she had her first child? I had a house across the street and they had, could live there for free. Oh, so okay. Live there. All right, so she lived right across the street from you. Mm-hmm. Well, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Right? You got it's to see her nice. and you got to see your grandkids, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, well, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the other children in a bit. Maybe it's uh, this is the time we should talk about uh, Brad. Um, how did the two, how did they meet? Uh, where did they meet? Uh, how did how, how do you remember it? I don't. I just remember all of a sudden he was he was her boyfriend, and pretty soon they were getting married. <laughs> huh? She she never told you. Well, I met him here. I met him there. No idea. No. You still have no, no. idea here in two thousand twenty one uh, as to how they met. No. Huh? I guess I never. I figured they met somewhere, and it didn't matter to me. Right. Okay. Um, they were together. Okay, Brad, around her age, of course, you said that she's 18 having her first child. Was he also around that age, or was he much older? Do you know? He's, he's a little older. Okay. He's a year or two older. All right, so let's just say maybe he was 20 in, uh, in 01, roughly. Mm-hmm. So he would be... I guess 40 now. Okay. Um, and so they're living across the street. You're not sure how they met. Maybe, you know, I don't, you know, maybe she just didn't want you to know. We, we don't know anything about that. Um, in general, of course, we'll get into the specifics of everything eventually, but uh, they're living across the street. Uh, does uh, Brad work? Uh, what did you think about him? course they got married what 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 was your overall idea about of brad back at the time in 2001 i thought it was okay i didn't know much about him he worked for his dad his dad had a construction company and mm-hmm. and so he worked for him so i, I didn't think he was about that bad of a guy okay would you say that you being that they were across the street would you say that you got to see brad often did they, uh, yeah. did they, you know, they bring the kids over and have dinner together, things like that, or, or yes, no? We just kind of go across the street and visit and then go back home and 
Okay. If we seen each other, I have my front window faced their house and my chair mm. faced yep. their place. Okay, so we don't know how they met, but they ended up becoming a couple. Uh, they have some children. What about their uh, two other children? You said one was born in 2001. When were the other two uh, born? Do you know? Well, Skyler is 10 months after Levi. Okay. So he was born in 02, and then Afton was a couple years after that. All right, so maybe like 2001, 2002, and 2005, something like that. Yeah, could be. Okay. I'd have to look at my paper. That's the, for sure. All right. Well, that's just uh, giving the listeners uh, a general idea of how old they would yeah. now be in t- 2021. And we are doing this interview on June 19th, 2021. All right. So Brad's uh, working for his father. They have these uh, children. Uh, they live across the street. Uh, and uh, once again, is Rachel working as well, or is she just staying at home during these years, like 2005, 2006? What do you remember? She stayed at home with the kids. Okay. And then he ended up working for Brewski out of Woonsocket and John Better for Carpenters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. And maybe we should stay... His... Please. In between his... Uh... Stints in jail. Okay, we'll get and we're gonna get into that uh, as well, unfortunately. But yes, uh, and when when you when they were living across the street from you, uh, what town is this in in, in your area, South Dakota? Woonsocket, South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. All right, so um, let's move on to this. Being that you brought uh, that up, I guess we can go there first. Um, let's talk about Brad and him going to jail. What were the general reasons that, uh, we'll get, of course, up to the, you know, the time that he went to jail right before Rachel went missing, but, you know, going back to the mid-2000s, what are some reasons that Brad was ending up in jail? I think, well, I never went to court with him, but, Mm. like, theft would Mm. be, and, uh, selling drugs would be another Wow. And did you... I think was quite often. Okay. And did you and Rachel uh, ever talk about this? You know, what would she say? You two have a conversation about Brad going to jail. Of course, then she'd be a single mother. He's in jail. Uh, Can you um, reveal some of the words that you and your daughter, Rachel, had about all this at the time? Oh, well, it seemed like... He'd be out for the summer, so he could work for the summer, and then in the winter, he'd be back in jail. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was just uh, a rotation kind of thing uh-huh. that went on. It was like a cyclical thing. <laughs> it was like a circle. All right, yes, right, on. right, right, right. It was like, okay, it's winter. I guess Brad's going to be going to jail now type of thing. Yep, yep. Okay. All right. Um... Well, that sounds like a, a kind of a dysfunctional relationship. Would you say at any time in talking to Rachel that she ever thought about uh, getting out of the marriage, anything like that? Did she ever say anything like that to you? Yes. She wanted out. Okay. She didn't want to be in it anymore because of things. He didn't want to talk about the kids. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be with the kids, and she did. Mm-hmm. She okay. wanted to get the kids back, and he didn't want to get 
try to get the kids back. Okay. And so they just, they were, and him beating her up all the time, too, didn't help. I want to stay with them. Right. Right, and we will get up. Of course, that was the uh, last time that he ended up going to jail. Uh, that was the reason, and we'll, we'll certainly talk about that. Uh, being that you brought up drugs, uh, would you say that either Rachel and or Brad, did they have any addictions or, or, or what? Yeah, I'd say so. In, in, in particular, what drug or drugs would you say? I would say meth. Meth, Okay. Now let's move on to this, and once again, I think that, um, you know, we just have to talk about this because when we get to the time of the disappearance, uh, the listeners will hear that the children were not around at that time, and I think we need to explain why, but at some point, did Brad and Rachel lose custody of their children? Uh, or did they no. did they willingly give them up, children went to live with other people, uh, what happened with that? The kids went on vacation with their grandpa. They did. And, yeah. And and she was in jail at the time. Rachel was. Yeah, she went to jail for imprisonment of a felon. Misimprisonment of a felon is what she went to jail for. What what and did she what did she, exactly did she do? That sounds like a very technical term. What exactly did she do? She covered up a crime, Brad. Oh, uh, okay. All right, that's common. Uh, women uh, who date criminals that happens that happens. Okay, thank you for uh, uh, telling us that. Okay, so that I never that, heard of the charge before. Okay, well, it is a charge. Um, yeah. so that so. You have she. They have three children, and please explain that again. They went to they went somewhere for a birthday or something. They went on vacation with their grandpa. Oh, okay. And where was he that was to? Going, and grandpa lives out in California, and he was coming through South Dakota to go to Iowa to see his daughter, which is Brad's sister too. And so he picked up the grandkids on the way there. And then they were supposed to come back in two weeks. Well, he left the girl there with with Michelle, and then he took the boys back to California with him. Wow! And then he filed for <gasps> no, he didn't file for custody. He, then he just kept the boys for a couple for a year, and Afton stayed with her aunt. Mm. And then there was paperwork. That had to be done by November 15th for Rachel if she wanted to get the kids back. And she did. So she was filling out that paperwork, and that paperwork was in Mm. the house when Mm. she disappeared. So it never got mailed. So So in a way, would you say that their kids got stolen? Well, then, when they had court in Moonsocket, I went up there and I tried to say something. But I'm not Rachel, her mother, mm-hmm. so I couldn't say nothing. Right. And they knew she was disappeared. Mm-hmm. But that didn't matter. Okay. Well, I'm. She I'm had to appear. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure yeah. she did. I'm just wondering, you know, when when did this happen? That this uh, what was it? An, uh, uh, Grandpa. Grandpa his took dad. the grandfather. His, his Brad's father took the kids and just took yeah. off with two of them to California and left the other one in Iowa. 
Yeah. So you're telling me that this grandfather, Brad's father, had their children for a full year before Rachel went missing. Yes. All right, so this happened in 2012, and she goes missing, of course, in November of 2013. So um, the kids never came back to South Dakota after their grandfather picked them up. Correct. What did, and so you and you were saying that Rachel was in jail at, at, at that time. Um, well, when she got out of jail, I mean, how was this all explained? Because that doesn't seem legal, even if it's a grandfather to do something like that. How did that happen? I mean, you're a grandparent too. You surely wouldn't have done that or gotten away with that. How did he get away with it? Well, I don't know. Don't know. I mean, I went to court trying to. Huh? But I got put put aside. Right, because but this was after Rachel went missing. But I'm saying before, once right. she got out of jail, how did she explain to you that her children were were in California and weren't coming back? Well, she was going to get them back. Mm-hmm. You know, she filled out this thing for after, and then she was going to get them all back. One back and well, was, the other two. I guess what I'm asking you, Mary, was there paperwork that allowed the grandfather to have custody of these children? There must have been because Brad maybe gave custody because he had him in school. And do you think that they did this without Rachel knowing? I couldn't tell you. All right. What did Rachel? I she lived right there. What did Rachel say to you? I know she was trying to get her kids back, but before that, before she went missing, before you were going to have to, you know, show up in court that year of 2013, before she went missing, her kids are in California. What she's saying to you is, you know, it seems to me did she want to go out to California and see them, or, or I mean, what was the situation? She was she was calling the kids and talking mm-hmm. to them, but she had to do it behind Brad's back back because he didn't like it when she mm-hmm. talked to him, and she was trying to get him back, but. She had to get some money for the, and she had, was going to get Afton back first and then get mm-hmm. the boys back. This is what the plan was. Okay. But if she could get a stable job and get everything back to normal from getting out of jail, that she would get the children back. Okay. But she didn't get that far. Okay. But as with Brad, did he not want his own kids back? He must not because he didn't try to fight for him. He didn't show up. He never, ever showed up in court. After she went missing. Yeah. Okay. Wow. He never, yeah. I mean, because once again, the way I, and I realize you were not there for every second, and I, I realize it sounds like there's some missing pieces here, but it does seem to me like these children just got taken by their grandfather with any legal basis to do so. I mean, she maybe gave him permission to have him for the summer. Right. Well, maybe, but surely not for a year. You know, because it seems... after they visit so long, then then they move the court court jurisdiction. I can't... Jurisdiction. Yeah, moves Mm. it to wherever they are, to California. Mm. So if you want to fight it, you got to go to California to fight it. I guess what I'm saying is that obviously Brad and Rachel had issues, okay, personal issues, criminal issues, and things. And so 
I think the listeners understand, you know, of, you know, of the court uh, is worried about these children being in the company of all of this. That certainly makes sense. But what doesn't make sense is why did they end up going uh, to California when the other grandparents, you, were right still in the same community? Well, I didn't try for the grandkids with mm-hmm. a lawyer or nothing because if I did, I was afraid Brad would be right here trying mm-hmm. to monkey with me after he even okay. after Rachel went missing and I didn't want them to be exposed to all the publicity about their mother being gone and their father okay. not being around, you know. All right. So what you're saying is for that last year before Rachel went missing, it was Rachel and Brad together and no other children around, just the two of them. Well, they were in, yeah, after yep. they got out. They yeah, they got They just got out of jail in July. Mm-hmm. June and July. So they hadn't been out of jail, but what, four months? Okay. All right. Sounds like a very turbulent time. Sounds very, very, uh, you know, sounds like um, very difficult on the children. I'm sure difficult on you. Uh, then making some uh, bad, you know, many bad choices uh, on top of everything else. And then, of course, you've already know, mentioned about Brad and, and Rachel just as a couple were not getting along uh, very well on top of everything else. Their kids being gone, the criminal stuff. Uh, them not getting along either. So let's move up to this. Now this uh, Halloween of 2013, uh, now that I know this is Rachel's birthday, maybe starts to maybe come into a cl- even a clearer picture for me. What do you know about Halloween, of course, October 31st of 2013? What happened that day? Well, she said, this is what she told me. She was sitting on the couch with her aunt, Dinkin' on her phone, and Brad just come up and hit her one. Okay. And so she called the cops, and the cops came to get him, and then there was, there's always a big scuffle. Mm-hmm. And then Brad went to jail. Okay. Uh, when, when, after this happened, how soon after this happened did you talk to Rachel? That night? The next day? Do you remember? That evening. That evening. It was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, and of course we have to remember this is on her birthday that this happened. Yep. All right. Did she? So she is saying that Brad just hit her, punched her, attacked her for no reason. Yep. Okay. Now let's move. So that happens. Brad goes to jail, and I, I probably should foreshadow that the day that Brad gets out of jail a couple weeks later is known to be the day of Rachel's disappearance, but. In that time, between October 31st and the accepted disappearance date of November 12th, what is going on with Rachel? Do you see her? Do you talk to her? Do you know what she did over the course of those, it's roughly two weeks. Do you know what she did? What was going on with her? Well, I know one day I took her over to Springs and we put it in, she was putting in job applications so she could leave him in, because they had a house here in town. So she was going to just, you know, try to take over the house and get the kids back and get a job. And so we went over to Westland Springs. I took her and we went and put in applications all over town. Okay. 
And what were the conversations uh, while you were with her in the car? Did, for example, did she talk about leaving Brad? Yes. She was tired of being beat up and she was done with it. And she wanted to get the kids back and, and get a job and be back to normal. Get things back on track. Okay. Um, however, on the other hand, she was going to see Brad in jail. Was she not? was told, yes. Okay, do you have any idea of how many times she went to visit him in jail over those two weeks? Would you say it was more than twice? Do you even know? I don't even know. Don't know. All right. Uh, During this time, uh, did she involve herself with any other men, being that Brad was in jail? Yes. She did. Okay. And we're not going to get into necessarily any of their names or anything, but uh, were these friends of hers? Did, you know, was it more than one guy? Um, were, you know, were these men she had known before? You know, do you know these guys? What can you tell the audience? Well, the one I know from before, and then there was two that I know of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had other friends, yeah. too, that I know of, but... Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, that's just, and I knew of Brad's girlfriends too, so, I mean, I just wasn't too shocked if she had any. Okay. She had some. Okay. So, I guess. Did you, did, uh, I get it, did you um, maybe not worry that, you know, she was, uh, Rachel, your daughter was tempting fate while Brad was in jail spending time with other men, being that you knew that Brad was, I mean, you can't control her, she's a grown woman, what are you going to do? But would you say, were you worried about her making these choices? Yes, I was. Okay. But there's nothing I could do. Right. Okay, so during these two weeks, she's trying to, did she get uh, any, she filled out applications? Did she have any jobs lined up or, or anything? Do you even know? I don't even know. I, well, I know she went to career service and they had a job working for the pet for performance place and she worked through career, career center service mm-hmm. and worked for pet performance okay. in Mitchell there okay. for a week I think week, week and a half okay alright so she was doing that um, trying to it sounds to me trying to you know get her uh, life back together do you think that during those two weeks that Brad was in jail, do you think that she was um, still using drugs, or do you think that she was trying to put that behind her? I think she was trying to put that behind her because she wanted the kids. Okay, and you already stated that she had done paperwork in those two weeks to do that. Right. Okay, do you think that your opinion, was she doing this probably against Brad's wishes? Yes. Okay. Let's move up to this time, though. So we now move up to November 12th, 2013. And what do you know about this day? Uh, Let's just maybe put it this way. Um, The last conversation that you had with Rachel, did she talk about going to pick Brad up at the jail, being that he was getting out? Yes. Okay. Um, She she came over to my house about, oh, it's getting dark about then, so it was about... Eight o'clock, I want to say it was got dark, and maybe it was 
But anyway, it was starting to get dark, and she had a friend coming over, so she stopped by my house, and I gave her a heater and a blanket, threw it in their vehicle, and we talked mm-hmm. for a minute, and then she left. Would Is this the night before? Would this have been November 11th, the day before? This, no, this was November 12th. All right. Okay. All right, so on so November twelfth she came over, so it was November thirteenth then that she was supposed to go pick Brad up at the jail. Yes. All right. So November twelfth, she comes over, she does those couple things. She got a heater, she got a blanket, and she said that she was picking Brad up the next day. Yep. Okay. I told her I didn't think that was too wise an idea, but she that she knew what she was doing. Okay, and I'm guessing that she had gone and pick, picked up Brad from jail before, given his career? Yes. Uh, given his criminal career? Okay. Yeah. And what jail is this? Here in Beetle County Jail. Beetle County Jail. And what town is that in? In Huron. Huron? H-U-R-O-N. Yep. Okay, some people might pronounce that Euron, but Euron, that's how they can pronounce it in South Dakota. All right, it's H-U-R-O-N. Okay. And so when was the last, the next time you were expecting to see or talk uh, to Rachel, being that you knew she was going to pick Brad up? When were you anticipating talking or seeing her, ne- seeing her next? I, I thought she was going to call me on the 14th because it was my birthday and she said she would, but we okay. talked about it. And uh, she said if she didn't call me that something had happened. And so I kind of kind of knew then that maybe something had happened, but I didn't know exactly what. Okay. All right. All right. So it is believed, now we should say, that on November 13th, of course, Brad did get out of jail. But we should state that, you know, is there any proof that Rachel did pick him up that day. Did anybody, for example, did anybody see her? Are there any video cameras? Did she talk to anybody after picking Brad up? Anything like that? I don't, I don't, I can't really say according to my knowledge because Mm -hmm. I I didn't do an investigation. Okay. But so we're just, uh, it, it seems probable that she picked she was going to pick him up because she said she was going to do that and we do know that brad did get out of jail so um we can presume that and we know brad did have the pickup right that she was driving and that pickup uh will will of course be a topic of conversation in a bit so she tells you on november 12th the next day she's going to pick up brad and then you never see or hear from her again in fact maybe except for brad nobody hears from her or sees her again. Right. Okay. So we don't get worried about not seeing her. Right. He, he don't ever call the cops. Mm-hmm. And I had keys to the house, so if he was gone, I'd go over there and look to see if I could see okay. evidence. But All right, we'll, we'll, surely, we'll surely get to that, but I want to ask you this. So okay. your birthday is on the 14th. November 14th, of course, she doesn't call you, she doesn't show up, she doesn't, you know, uh, come over to wish you a happy birthday. Do you try calling her? Do you try calling Brad? Uh, I, I, I guess you were concerned, but did you do anything that, anything that day to try to track her down? Not on the 14th. Okay. 
Because I, you know, because I thought, well, she might call up by at midnight. You never know. Right. Sure. And then on the fifteenth, I texted her. Okay. And did you get any response? No. No. Uh, at any point, when you didn't get a response from Rachel, let's say on the fifteenth, did you ever try calling or texting Brad? No. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard of anybody seeing Brad, like on the thirteenth? The 14th, the 15th, has anybody ever come forward to say they saw him during those those certain days? To your knowledge. Nobody's ever told me anything that okay. they've seen. Okay. Uh, you did mention, though, so she doesn't show up. You're a little bit concerned, but like you said, given Brad and Rachel's uh, choices that they make, maybe it's not so surprising. You know, You know, this is one of those unfortunate side effects of people living lives like this that Sometimes when bad things do happen, you don't realize it because it seems like it's just common choices that they make. But yeah, you did. Like she might call me the next right Saturday or you know. Sure, I got. I I, I think that the listeners understand this. I I, I think what we're saying is if that um, you would have probably been a, a lot more concerned if maybe Rachel. Uh, you know, lived a different kind of lifestyle, and you did see her every day, and you did talk to her every day and, and everything else, but that just wasn't the situation. Right. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that you have you had keys to uh, their house. Were they still living across the street at the time? No, they had moved to the north part of town. Okay. Did, at any point, did you, when you did not hear from Rachel, of course, I guess you didn't hear from Brad either, did you go over to the house to see what was up? Yes, I did. Okay, and what day, can you even give us an approximate date uh, that you did that? No, I can't. I mean, I didn't write it down. It's just... Okay. Would you say that it was um, November 16th, November 20th? Would you say that it was uh, a week after you spoke to her or last saw her, two weeks? What would I would you... say probably about a, a week. Okay, so let's just say... November 20th. So you go over there. Is uh, You go over to their house. Is anybody there? No. Okay. Of not. All right. So what What do you do? Okay. What do you do? Do you go inside? Do you look around? What do you do while you're there? Well, I kind of look around and see if I could see anything, you know. And then I went inside, went through the house to see if I could see any, like, blood or, or mm-hmm. a dead body or whatever, you know, just whatever mm-hmm. I could see. Okay. And, and I went upstairs, and then I was kind of scared because I thought, what happens if he shows up? But I had right. my phone, so I just... Right, of course. So. Of course. Um, anything seem unusual to you? I don't I don't know how many times you were ever to her house, so I don't know how you'd tell, but anything that really stuck out to you just going through the their house for however many minutes you were there? No, I because I... I ended up going over there a couple times, just at different mm-hmm. times to see if I could see different things. But okay, when you went over there, of course she's not there. Of course the kids are not there. Brad's not there. I'm guessing that yeah. gray Chevy truck uh, isn't there. Um, did you? Th- get a bad feeling about this? Uh, did you not think that it was odd that? You know, they just didn't seem, you know, seem neither hide nor hair of Rachel. It seemed odd, and I 
I brought it up to a couple of people at work, but she had been gone other times, like for two, three weeks. So I was trying to hope it was something like that, but but I was hoping. I kind of had the feeling, but I didn't know what direction to go or where right. to go. Okay. And all this time, you're not hearing from Brad either. He's not calling you nothing. No. He yeah. usually would call me and tell me what Rachel was up to. He didn't mm. like it, but he knew always knew more than I did. Okay. Or what she was up to. All right. But finally, uh, I have it in my notes here as being December 6th, that you finally did call the police. What was the final straw for you? Why did it take that long? What What, what was it? Finally, that said, you know what? I got to do something about this. When my brother was visiting with Rachel's neighbor, and they had seen Brad's pickup or Rachel and Brad's pickup north of town, driving over stuffed bodies. They were driving over what? Stuffed bodies. Brad was driving over stuffed bodies. Stuffed like bodies? Clothes. Oh. Like clothes. They were driving it. Oh, all right. Okay. You take clothes and you stuff them. I stopped by on Sunday of the, of the 17th of November, and there was stuffed clothes. I didn't know. I seen one stuffed pair of pants, and it had, like, kids' snow boots and stuff in it and some clothes in it, but I didn't see... A lot of stuffed mm-hmm. things. I only saw one. But I found out that night on the December 6th that Brad was doing running over these and he had stuffed like sweatshirts and different things. And that's what I knew. Okay. For sure. All right. So where was he doing this? When you say north of town, what does that mean? Well, it means like there's a field about a quarter of a mile north of town that he was out driving in he lived up in that neighborhood mm-hmm. so he was close okay and he must have ran out of gas because then he had to leave it there overnight or something all right so this this neighbor uh of uh his your brother's just coincidentally talking to this neighbor and the neighbor says this yep do you so think? Then I called the cops. Do you think that you would have found out it otherwise had your not brother not talked to this neighbor? Why didn't this neighbor, you know, call you? Or you know, it seems like uh, a big coincidence there, Mary. I don't know. And why did they call the cops? I don't know either. Or why okay. did the cops know after three weeks? Or mm. they knew when Brad got out. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they check on her once in a while? Mm-hmm. And I when it. Okay, and when you finally went, when you heard about this, and you went over to where he was uh, running over these clothes uh, with his truck, were some of those clothes Rachel's? Uh, I see. I only seen a pair of sweatpants. Okay, and whose sweatpants were they? I couldn't tell you if they were Rachel's or Brad's. Okay. All right. Well, that is a very unusual story. Uh, Mary, that he would just be out there running over clothes with his truck. That seems like uh, I've never heard that. I've covered a lot of strange uh, incidents in disappearances. That is the first. Well, um, when I heard that, I thought that was pretty 
strange too, so that's why I called. Okay. Um. Otherwise, it was just me. Right. Uh, trying to find out where she was, and somebody had told me that she had gone to Sioux Falls, so I was trying to find out who she was with in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. But has, she didn't. All right. Has Brad has Brad ever given any reason as to why he was running over these clothes with his truck? I ha- I have not talked to well Brad and I are not very mm. civil. The time mm, I talked to not. him, we got cops called on us. So okay, and the clothes uh, being run over by the truck never came up. No. Okay. All right. So you hear this story? Uh, sounds strange to you. Sounds strange to me. I'm still not sure what's going on there. But it, it, you know, being that Brad uh, did drugs. You know, maybe it made sense to him at the time. I don't know. So you call the police and say that you haven't seen or heard from your daughter in three weeks, Rachel, and Brad just got out of jail. And what do they do? They tell me that that's all right. She's a grown adult. She can go wherever she wants. Okay. Even though they know there's a lot of domestic violence. Right. They would have records of that. They would know Brad's a record. Uh in that in that area but do they uh, eventually though the police did get involved but i have it in my records it wasn't until like 20 or two weeks later on december 20th did they finally talk to brad uh about this stuff you'll have to ask them because they don't tell me very much i would okay. assume they would talk mm-hmm. to uh, they have talked to him in his, their investigation but mm-hmm. it's like I can't really read what everybody has said in the investigation. They won't let me read the paperwork. Okay. All right. I've got to do my own investigation. Right. Right. And that's uh, unfortunately what a lot of families end up finding out, that if they want any answers, that if they want any progress, that they're going to have to do a lot of these things themselves. That unfortunately. Uh, then I go to somebody and then they, I ask them, and then they'd say, oh, I don't know enough. <laughs> okay. All right. And you know damn well they do, so. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll probably, they'd, probably tell, they'd probably say the same thing to the police as well, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, all right. So the, you, you file this missing persons report, and it doesn't seem like the police did a lot. Or if they have, they certainly haven't told you. Right. Okay. They did the... Well, they did the altar. I didn't know they were going to do the ground penetrating until mm-hmm. they did it. And, and okay. Stuff, so. All right. Well, we will surely talk about that. I want to move on. I want to move on to this, though. All right. So we know that Brad got out of jail. but And it seems that Rachel went missing exactly the same day. That is the way it seems. So let's move on to this. Now, you t- we've talked about this truck. It is gray, not white. It is the truck that Rachel was driving uh, while Brad was in jail. Uh, and this is the truck that was used to run off the, over those clothes? Yes. Same truck. How did, yep. has, to your knowledge, has Brad ever explained how he got it and why Rachel wasn't driving it, to your knowledge? No. Okay. Uh, I've read that it was damaged on the under, underside. Is that true? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, can you tell? Do you know any specifics of that damage? Do you? No, I don't. Do you? Um, have you ever seen it yourself? Did you ever see it firsthand? No. Okay. Were any? Um, do you know of any forensics that were ever done on it on the inside, on the outside? All I know is it's in the impound lot. It's the police have it. Yeah. Okay, and do you know how long that they've had the truck since? No. Well, they've had it for six, seven, seven years or whatever. Seven years yeah. uh, since maybe 2014 they've had it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. They went and got it in 2014. Okay, so he's driving. They, when they finally do track Brad down, so at least did track him down. And uh, took this truck from him for uh, um, what authority they had to do that and take it is, uh, we just don't know, do we? No. And I know they had a, floor, a forensic team over at the house, because I went over to the house, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't let me in. Of course not. And there was a guy in there. And then later on, they would call me and ask me, why did I think Rita wasn't? You know, leaving town, and I said, "Well, she had this paperwork for Rick Afton laying mm -hmm. there on the desk or table, mm -hmm. and she had to have it mailed by the fifteenth, and so, and she did it on the eleventh or twelfth, and so why, you know, why that would prove she was planning on staying? Right. And there's something about a furnace part she had ordered. That paper was laying there." And I'm like, that's proof. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like if I, I knew something, then they'd go back over there. They had to go over their search warrants like two or three times mm -hmm. before they, it's like, well, can't you guys see some of this stuff? And there right. was, and we went over there to clean in the house. There was like syringes in the speakers and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Probably a lot of uh, listeners, being that this is 2013, and of course by this time we know most people ha had cell phones. It's very similar to how we are now in 2021. What can you tell the listeners about Rachel's phone? Of course, she had a cell phone. Uh, I'm guessing you talked to her. When you did talk to her, she you talked to her on it. Um, did she have one? Uh, do you know of anything about her phone records for November 13th? I don't know anything about her phone records, but I know when I went over to the house, there was like phones broke up, so I couldn't tell if they were the, I couldn't tell if it was the ones she had or not, because they were broke up into pieces and the batteries were taken out. There's like four or five left over at the house. Wow. Okay. Uh, so what you're saying is one of those phones could have been the phone that was Rachel's that she was using at the time of her disappearance. You just have no idea. Correct. Okay. Wow. Now, did you tell me, though, that somebody, I don't know who it was, but did you tell me, and I just want to make sure this is a fact, is it true that there is proof that Rachel's phone was turned off uh, sometime on November 13th? That's what the DCI told me. All right. Who, who is DCI? Uh, that would be Brandon. And who is he? Uh, I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's 
it's the guy that assigned our case. All right, so. All right, so all right, so is he a police officer? No, he's a DCI. Whoa. All right. Division of Criminal Investigation. All right, so all right, so he works for the local government. Yeah. He's an investigator. Yeah, of, he's a he's an investigator, uh, in some capacity of the police. He's not. He's well, I guess what I'm asking you, he's not a private investigator. No. Okay, so he he works for a division of law enforcement. Yeah. Okay. Of criminal. All right. So all right. So. So at least you found out that. Um, so when did he, so they were able to find this out? So this is one of the I guess one of the few pieces of information that uh, the police law enforcement has told you. Um, and and so we've had meetings with the DCI. I have. Okay. And what and so this is uh, what they've told you that the phone was turned off or the battery died or something. On November thirteenth, for Rachel's phone. Okay. Do they know? Uh, have they ever told you where the last ping of her phone is, or how no. occurred? No. No. Okay. They they know all this stuff, but they aren't. To me, they aren't doing enough. I think they have the information, but they just. Mm-hmm. They just gotta do it. They have the information. They just gotta. Mm. The case. Okay. And we have to remember this is 2013. We're not talking about a disappearance that happened last year. We're talking right. about one that's uh, seven and a half, seven and a half years old. And so it, it's it is, you know, strange to me that they they're withholding some of this information because I can tell you a lot of my guests do have a lot of the information that we're talking about here. So, well, they say it's not a cold case. And I was like, mm-hmm. when does it turn a cold case? Right. How many years? I agree with you. Uh, I, I agree with you. All right. So what we're saying is Rachel's missing. Her phone seemingly is missing. Maybe it was one of those ones that you saw in the house. Is anything else of hers uh, missing? Uh, her purse. I never saw a purse. All right. Her, her purse. purse. Okay. Or with her driver's license and stuff like that. Okay. So we have Rachel going to pick Brad up on the 13th, and then sometime during the 13th, her phone stopped working. However, that's the only thing the police will tell you. They won't tell you if she talked to anybody, text anybody that day. They won't tell you if where the last ping was. Right. Okay. Now let's move on to, of course, we remember that Brad uh, got out of jail on November 13th. Are there is there any video of him leaving... Uh, the jail, is there any video possibly of Rachel picking him up that day? Uh, anything like that? No, there's not. None? None. None. Nothing. Okay. Now, did you tell me that your belief, or maybe I don't know how you found this out, is that he might have called Rachel from a nearby store or gas station or something? That's my guess. Oh, uh, that's just a guess. Yes. Okay. All right. So maybe it was just something was prearranged. She knew that she he was getting out at let's just say ten a.m. in the morning, and she shows up there. But once again, there's no video of Brad leaving. There's no video of Rachel picking up. Nothing like that. Right. Okay. 
Let's move on to this. Now, you've told me, and it is also in articles that uh, I've read about Rachel's disappearance, something concerning a blanket. We remember that you gave her a blanket the night before on November 12th, but you've also told me, though, that there may be like a confusion, a little bit of confusion regarding these blankets. Why don't you go over that now? What blanket did you give her and what blanket are police talking about that they're saying that's missing that there might be two different blankets well i gave her a, like a black blanket with white lines with different colors in it and, and all swirls and stuff okay and the cops are talking about a blanket that the the town ladies made for her which was very special to her and I would not think she would have it out. I would think she would have it put away somewhere, but mm. I don't have her belongings here. Okay, so are you saying that the blank that you gave blanket you gave her the night before you've never seen it again? No. All right, I it was over to her house, and I, it wasn't there. Okay, uh, and I guess it wasn't in the truck either. All right, is it, is it possible that the blanket might have been one of those things that Brad was running over with the truck later? Is it possible? It's possible. Okay. And what about this other blanket? Were you familiar with this other blanket that the police are talking about? Yeah, Rachel was really proud of that blanket. Okay. But, no. you, but you've never seen it. I've, I've seen it when, when, she, when she first got it, but I haven't mm -hmm. seen it after that. Uh, we usually don't theorize, but any idea? Is it possible that that blanket was in the truck when she went to pick up Brad? What What, what do you think? Uh, was it common for her to take that blanket out of the house? Do you even know? I don't. I don't think it. I think she would have had it packed up in her, in her cedar chest, but mm. her cedar chest went to her dad, and I don't know if he ever looked through it. Okay. So we have these two blankets. So all right. So we have these two blankets uh, that are missing, uh, presumably, allegedly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Not sure what to think. How about this heater that you gave her? Did that show up? Yes, it is. And where was it? In her house. All right. So it seems then that she picked those things up, went back to her house, took the heater inside, but the blanket. Not sure. Right. Maybe left it I in the truck. You know, we just don't know what happened to it. Right. Okay. Let's move on to this. Now, uh, you had already mentioned about ground-penetrating radar, and, uh, and like I said, we do a very limited amount of theorizing, but we have to talk about this because this was something that was done. We can't ignore it. Um, let's talk about in 2015, uh, at least that's what I have in my notes, that... Um, I guess police arranged a search. Uh, what area was this? Why did this happen? They got a tip from somebody that they believed was credible. I don't know. And so that's, and it's out by Sand Creek, which is west of Huron. Okay. And it and uh, how far is how far is this away from where uh, Brad and Rachel lived? Oh, probably twenty-five miles. Well, not close. Okay. Um, Huron's twenty-five miles from where we live too. Okay. And you don't know where this rumor came from, though. 
No, I don't know okay. who, who the cops talked to. They didn't give me okay. names. What what was the uh, if you be as specific as you can be? What did what was done? What did they hear? They did a ground penetrating radar. I wasn't out there, and they, then they said they had to take two weeks to read it, and then they came back with nothing. And whose property was this? Um, that was David. That was Strzok's. David Strzok's property. Um, yeah. Had you ever heard of David before? Uh, no. wh why um, did Brad and David know each other? I think uh, a hired hand of, of David's new Brad. Okay, so one of Brad's friends was working for David at the time of Rachel's disappearance? Yes. Okay, and so that's what led them to suspect maybe if there was foul play here that her remains could have ended up on David's property? Yes, because it's way out in the docks. Okay. You told me about a culvert that was being dug or redone at the time? That's what I was told. <clears throat> okay. Now, you've had a chance to talk to, maybe not David, but David's wife uh, about this. Is that true? Yes. What did she have to say about that? She was on my side and was, I asked her like different questions on about the culvert, how it, if you had to have permission from the county commissioners and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And we talked about that and then, then we were on the conversation for probably 20 minutes as well, mm -hmm. 20. And then it was on somebody else's phone, so I don't have her phone number. Wow. It was uh, I met this girl in okay. Facebook, and that's how I met. Okay. Did Did you get any idea from her if she thought that this rumor was true or not that Rachel could be on her her and her husband's property? Did she believe this or not? What did What feeling did you get? I believe that she thought it that anything's possible. You know. Okay. All right. So neither a, a thumbs up nor thumbs down on that theory. Right. Not she really. Was, not, you know, not really sure what to think. Well, I think she was would would let me dig up the culvert if I mm -hmm. find a way to do it. Okay. All right. So there's this rumor that that Rachel might be out there, but nothing has been done on that property since 2015. Correct. Okay. That I know of. Okay. Now, and let's... I didn't even know the office, that ground penetrating thing was going to go on until afterwards. They didn't until even let, let, let you know. Paper. They didn't let you know until it was done. Yeah. That's okay. the way it went a lot of times. Right. That's... Be on the news before I knew. Right. Let's move on to this. Being that you did say uh, that uh, Rachel did spend some time with some other men while Brad was in jail, have any of these guys uh, come forward forward with any helpful information? Have they ever, um, you know, spoken, you know, about Rachel being missing? Uh, any opinions? Have you spoken to any of them? Anything like that? I have never spoken to any of them. But 
I just don't see why they would hurt her. Mm-hmm. You know, if they would. I mean, well, I I get that. I guess what I'm asking is if you know, being, you know, we can't deny that she goes to pick up Brad and then she goes missing. I guess what I'm saying is any of these guys uh, ever gave given you any insight, any helpful information regarding her disappearance? No. Any? No, I have none. No. Okay. None. Even the one that says he's a friend of Rachel, yeah. I want to talk to him. He won't talk to me. It's just like if you're her friend, why not? Okay. It's like he's he he and he don't want me to bring up his name or his family, but mm. I think he's you know why not talk to me? That's all I ask. Okay. And if you won't talk to me, I think you're guilty. <laughs> Uh, I can understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can understand that. You know, there's probably some fear that goes on. We were, uh, once again, this is a topic that's very common that people you you would think that would be helpful aren't so helpful. It's right, it's common. It's common. I, I just I, I I can't explain it. If I could explain it, I would. You know, if I could give you a firm answer, I would. Uh, and that's unfortunate that that people are like that. Let's yeah. move on to Brad himself. Uh, I know you said you spoke to him once and the cops had to be called, but uh, over the past seven and a half years, have you ever have any comments uh, that he has made ever gotten back to you about what he thinks happened to Rachel and where he thinks she went and why he didn't do anything to her, anything like that? No, he's never... I just... Oh, I he got into... Uh, Thing. I was putting flyers out on where he lived, and he came out of the house, and he was taking the flyers down, and I yelled at him, and I told him all I wanted to know was where Rachel was, and he told me she was in Minnesota, and I said, well, give me her phone number and her address, and I'll leave you alone forever, mm-hmm. and then the cops, we ended up screaming and yelling at each other, and the cops got called. Then I had to leave. All right. So the fact is that he said she's in Minnesota, but he couldn't give you any information to back that up. Right. Okay. Now we have to remember that Brad and uh, Rachel were married. Uh, did Brad eventually do the paperwork to get divorced from her? Uh, yeah, just a couple of years ago. A year ago? Just, uh, just, with, just within the last year or two. Any idea why he waited that long? No. I, I figured he was ready to get remarried. Okay. All right, so we don't have a lot of insight into that uh, as far as why he would wait that long. Um, let's move I on to the... Brad would be a good person to talk to. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure I would get a lot of honesty from him. It doesn't, <laughs> you know, if, if you uh, are talking to him and it ended up... Um, being that the cops ended up getting called, I, I, I don't necessarily like to talk to people who I think are going to lie to me. That's yeah, that's, that's kind of the problem. Um, yeah. I've, I've spoken to um, one uh, suspect over the last almost five years. His name is Steve Pankey. Of course, the listeners know who he is. And, of course, many of them believe that he lied his way the whole way through the interview that I did with him. So uh, there's that. Um, let's move on to this. Uh, of course, the children were out of the, uh, not the country, out of the state when Rachel went missing. Uh, 
what happened after she went missing? Where did they continue to live? Did they ever come back to South Dakota? What is going on with them? Never came back to South Dakota. They went to Iowa. Afton got adopted by this nice family. Mm-hmm. And then after they adopted Afton, they adopted the two boys. Wow. And so the boys went to Iowa too, and they're all wow the same family. Wow, and do you get to talk to them? Do you get to see them? I can if I want to. Yeah. But I'm scared to. You're scared to. Why is that, Mary? Because I don't want to bring up that. Oh. What happened to their mother? Right. But they, but they probably know, don't they? I don't know. I never. No. I, they're too young. It's a real problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. When was yeah, the when I was never, the when was the last time you had any contact with your three three grandchildren, Mary? Last time I talked to them or seen them? Uh, yeah. Probably in fourteen. Wow. Last time I seen them, and then their mother texts me pictures stuff mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So like she kind of graduating and yeah, Afton's thirteen and. So she keeps you informed. Yeah. Well, that's spectacular. So it does I, sound. I just don't want to intrude yeah. on their life. Right. You know. Well, it does sound like they got adopted by some good people. Yes, very good, good. people. That's good. Okay. And people that can afford them. You know, she's right. a. Well, one of them is an attorney. Wow. And the other one works for an electric company. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they're really good people. Great. Great. Well, I'd certainly like to... Uh, of course, we're going to keep in touch anyway, Mary, but I would certainly like to hear about uh, the next time you get to uh, talk to or see your grandchildren. I'd certainly like to hear about that. It'll be something. Uh, I'm sure it will be. That's why I want to hear about it. Um... And I think, you know, just in this last couple moments, I think the, the listeners can hear the emotion in your voice, but uh, I ask this of all the guests uh, around the program, how hard has the last seven and a half years been? So, there's no words to describe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just, you're kind of caught up in like 11, 13, 13 is the day that you just kind of, Live over day and day and day. Yeah. It's always the day after that date, isn't it? It's always the day after finding out, you know, knowing that your your daughter's missing. Right. It's that date that she went missing that yeah. hurts. And, I mean, you just go on because you got to. Sure. I mean, what have your other two children said about all of this? Well, not much. I mean, they're not happy with it, but mm-hmm. what can you do? Yeah. I mean, you're just kind of thrown in it and, and okay. try to investigate. Is I, It ain't like I got a badge I can show up. <laughs> no, 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 me neither. <laughs> me yeah, neither. We just have to ask the right questions, have to seek out the right people. 
you know, have to put the facts together, and that's all you can right. do. That you know, that's all you can do. And it, it it's not helpful when the police hold things back that they that they probably should let you know. It, it would be interesting to know where the last ping of her phone was. That might be helpful. Right. You know, that might be helpful. It'd be helpful just to read what people statements people make. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure if I read read a few, I'd remember some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Where they don't, you can ask them, and they don't remember what anybody said. So I don't know yeah. how good they know the case if they don't know what anybody said. Well, the thing is, Mary, I'm sure they do. They just can't tell you, or they, they won't. Me. They won't after, tell you. But after seven years, come on. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's frustrating. Uh, I can't imagine being in your shoes, but this is common. You know, I, I would say, and listeners have heard me say this before, you know, I've encountered guests who have virtually, it seems, all the information there is to know on their loved one's disappearance. Uh, I, I, there's certainly that situation. And then there are others who have or can't get anything. And right. I, um, I, you know, I have some theories about why that is it does have to do with the circumstances i think it also has to do with the kind of police department it has to do with a whole bunch of variables but i can tell you that there have been guests on this program who have a lot of information you know official information so i think you just have to continue to work on them you know work on dci or whoever else and or, or have the people contact me instead of them, yeah. so I can get the information. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> you know, then I can. Yeah, well, I, I would hope that you could have a working relationship with uh, the investigators. I think you have to understand that they're never going to be able to give you everything, but it does seem to me that after this amount of time and everything, that they should be able to open up at least a little bit more to you. Right, my opinion. Um, do you have a Facebook page, website, anything like that set up for Rachel's disappearance, Mary? I don't know how to do that, so no. Okay, well Not maybe. Somebody else did. Okay, well but, maybe. You know. um, maybe we can make that happen. Uh, I will take a look out there and see if there maybe there might be somebody who's set up something for you and you don't know it, but if not. Um, you know, there are people who have helped other guests, you know, to start setting up, you know, a Facebook page. Because that certainly would raise the profile of her disappearance. You know, that certainly could draw more attention to it on top of doing this program, doing other interviews, etc. Okay? So maybe we, can, maybe we can make that happen once this episode comes out. Maybe some people, and I know we are friends on Facebook. So, um, you know, maybe we can make that happen, hopefully. Um, any final words before we complete this interview, Mary? Uh, I just, everybody hope and pray we find her sooner or later. Okay. Or this year, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Well, until that happens, uh, Mary, I want you to know that uh, I want to, you know, work with you in any capacity possible. You know, if you want to bounce any ideas off me, need somebody to talk to, I'm your guy. Okay. okay. Uh, you know, I'm always here. I just don't do these interviews, but I am also sometimes a psychologist and psychiatrist for my <laughs> guests behind the scenes. I do everything. Uh, my assistants do everything for free because uh, I think you people need as much support as you can get. Um, so right, um, there isn't much support. I know. It certainly could be more. 
surely, right. surely. But I, all I can control is what we do on the program, and uh, I'd like to think that we do quite a bit. You know, can't control their people, so we'll do what we can. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. And that was my June 20th, 2021 interview with Mary Shabbat, mother of Rachel Sierks. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. And yes, that is how you pronounce Rachel's last name. Sierks, not Syriax. As I stated in the summary at the beginning of this episode, out of over 200 disappearances Unfound has covered since September 2016, about 35 of them fall into the same general scenario that Rachel's does. Woman disappears, and her male partner either has an unverifiable story, a crazy story, or no story at all. 35 out of over 200, that's roughly 16%. Keep in mind, this doesn't include disappearances where it's the opposite. Man disappears and the woman acts dumb. Some examples would be Doug Jones and Jonathan Estes. Or ones in which a family member might have killed another. Examples could be Mandy Stokes and Nicholas Masucci or disappearances where the mistresses went missing. Examples could be Marina Bolter and Rebecca Gary. If they were all included, the number would be over 40, and almost to 50. The stats show that relationships are a killer. Yet, from a statistical analysis point of view, that 16% isn't as helpful as we might think. Why? Because given all the possibilities with disappearances, suicides, homelessness, changing of identities, other kinds of murders, accidents, moving to other countries, men killing their female partners takes up a significant portion of the pie, to the point that we are probably losing the details in such a broad category. Meaning, the section may have to be broken down into smaller parts. Wives who disappeared most likely due to money issues. Wives who disappeared most likely due to infidelity issues. Wives who disappeared most likely due to a regular relationship fight that went too far, etc. Men killing their female partners at this point is just not descriptive enough to truly understand these types of cases. And that's what we're here to do. Understand them, solve them, and stop them. So, with Rachel's disappearance, I think you could read between the lines that Mary believes Rachel's disappearance has a lot to do with her wanting to get her children back. Brad seemed to be happy with them being in Iowa and California. Rachel was not. In general, this would not be a surprise. Many men murder their pregnant women because the guys don't want to be fathers. 
Many women are murdered because the men want custody of the children during divorce proceedings. And the other extreme. Women disappearing with their kids, and men are left to figure out where they went. Disappearances of women caused by child issues will definitely be one of the several categories when I start to break down the reasons of why wives and girlfriends disappear. At least for Rachel's children, now they're all right. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Densel, and you've been listening to Unfound.